Hi, everyone, and welcome to the South Point Podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. I hope you'll enjoy these life-giving stories. For more information, check out our website at www.southpoint.tv. Now, enjoy the podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the South Point Podcast. I am your host, Carlos Tello, and we are here and excited to bring you another great episode Before I get to my guests, don't forget to check out our current series, Hoarders. The only way to be blessed is to be generous, which is the opposite of hoarding. If you have missed any of these great messages, the archives are available online on our website at www.southpoint.tv and on the same podcast stream. Also, follow us on all social media platforms, Southpoint TV on Twitter and Instagram, and Southpoint Church on Facebook. Today we have a very special edition of the South Point Podcast. In our last series, Love Handles, uh, Pastor pa- uh, Patty brought a, an awesome message um, during week two called Circular Submission. And today we're going to talk about that message and more importantly, women in ministry. So I will go ahead and introduce my, my guest today um, to my left, uh, first time guest. I'm so happy you're here, Miss Tina Tatum. How are you today? Great. Woo! Thanks for having me. Uh, across from me, Miss Patty. How are you? Welcome I'm back. Great. Thanks. And to my right, my favorite person in the entire world, my beautiful wife, Jackie Tello, is here with us today. Hi. Say hi. 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 You're kind of cute. Thank you. Okay. You guys need to keep it clean. (laughs) I can't go any further without also giving a shout out to Katie Mangalang over there making this all sound so great. How's it going, Katie? Great. (laughs) Great. Marvelous. Um, So this podcast has just spawned out of just talks at home and talks during lunch tables and um, things like that. That that are just and it just seemed like the perfect time. I called Pastor Craig the other day, and we were both just on the same page as far as the timing. And it just so happens that this Sunday is International Women's Day. Is it really? So yes. yeah, oh, welcome wow. all you okay, ladies see, here. I don't know so any we of are those international yep, days. I, but hey, as I we studied, totally planned yeah, this. yes, we planned it. Um, as we studied this week, I was like, oh, there it is. So we planned it just right. Um, so we're just going to really get started, and, and as we're going to talk about women in ministry, I'm really going to ask you this first question, ladies. Um, what were your first impressions or memories, I should say, um, or, or the ideas of women in the church like, and what their roles were supposed to be? And whoever wants to go first can go first. Well, I was, you know, I was raised in the church, and um, but and I wasn't raised in like a super strict Baptist church, but even in the Pentecostal church in the Church of God, where where I was raised, women had specific roles. Women could, mm-hmm. women could play the piano or play the organ. They could be in the choir. They could teach like Sunday school or our, our thing on Wednesday night, which was called family training hour. But they pretty much only taught other women or children. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, my, that denomination up until just a few years ago did not ordain women. Um, they did not believe that women could be pastors. Um, you could you could you could get as far in the ministry ordination as as um, there was there was a, there was a certain level that you could get to, but you couldn't get all the way to ordination mm-hmm. as a woman. But you could you could do a lot of things. But they but they would you would never have a woman pastor or anything like that. So. That's what I was raised in. And, you know, my mom was always very involved in church, but, mm-hmm. you know, there was just a certain level. There was a ceiling. There was definitely a ceiling to what they could do. Yeah. So I was raised Catholic. 
And so um, went to private Catholic school where we had, you know, the full nuns and everything. So it kind of felt really strange to me when I would see, I didn't think about it as a child, Mm -hmm. but um, as a woman, I've thought about in the church, it was, you know, the sisters, you know, you had father this and brother that, um, but you had the sisters who really just served behind the scenes. But the principal of our school was a woman. So, um, you know, um, and so I really thought it was odd that in the church per se, and I still think it's odd today that it's okay um, in that we could have, you know, women presidents or, you know, women senators and women teaching our children, which are the next generation. Right. Um, but they couldn't be in leadership, per se, in the church. Even though she was part of the church, she led an entire school hmm. and um, was probably one of the greatest, you know, servant leaders that I ever have still known probably to this day. So it just always seemed kind of didn't seem to make sense why we could do some things in one area and not mm-hmm. in the other. Yeah, especially in the Catholic Church, where they mm-hmm. really revere the mother of Christ. Mm-hmm. I would expect that they mm-hmm. would allow women mm-hmm. more so, but I guess not mm-hmm. because of how their, their structure is set up. I will mm-hmm. say I was able to be an altar girl. Oh, okay. So they did have altar girls, not just mm-hmm. boys. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I kind of broke that barrier. <laughs> oh, okay. Imagine that. <laughs> I had a motive behind it, though. <laughs> I think mine was more similar to Patty's because in our church— I th- I tried to reflect, and I even texted my old youth minister a couple of days ago and just tried to remember what were the roles of women in church. Because I was the type of person, I started my life to full-time ministry at 15. Mm-hmm. And in the church that I grew up with, there's not much you can do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, the way we saw women in the church, they were in the kitchen cooking, preparing mm-hmm. for fifth Sunday hymn sings. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they were, I think one led the business meetings and only to like, oh, am I not talking into the mic? Um, but no one they couldn't pray. Led a business meeting. Yeah, she read over the notes. Oh like no, 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 no! She was the secretary. She like she just okay, took yeah, notes. Yeah, she didn't, and like, oh, she didn't lead the minute. No, yeah, she okay. moved. If you moved your membership, she was like, "Well, they left the church. This is where they went." Um, she was the church secretary. Okay, yeah, yeah that's what, oh well, yeah, yeah. Um, but there was nothing that women did in leadership. They were able to teach women, um, or they were able to teach children. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Kitchen, children. Yep. That was all. Mm. Pretty sure there was a woman cleaning the church. Mm, probably. Probably. Mm-hmm. probably. Oh, that would be my grandma going and cleaning all the bulletins <laughs> from the Baptist hymnals from the week before. Okay. Tuesday nights. <laughs> yep. Okay. Um, growing up in assemblies, it was, uh, I think I had the same the same uh, type of women there as well. Um, and I actually polled um, some friends and some family and some coworkers, and not everybody got back to me. But a lot of friends did, and, and they were all kind of similar answers. It was uh, one uh, a friend said they were only able to teach unbaptized children. That was the, the church that she re- grew up in. Um, someone else said that they were allowed to be um, teachers, ushers, piano players, like you said, Miss uh, Miss Patty. Uh, they were never in the pulpit unless they were uh, introducing someone or giving announcements. So it was always just a you just stay in your lane over here. It was always that kind of, kind of deal. Um, but I had a different uh, view from someone who really didn't go to church much growing up. And they said that when they, and they actually come to South Point, and they said, uh, my view of the women of South Point when I started four years ago was that they are bold, strong in their faith, friendly, go above and beyond, always trying to get you to connect with others. And she had not been in church since, since she was like 16. Oh, yeah. So the times have definitely changed. Yay. And I think mm-hmm. that um, yeah. the identity here for the women in South Point seems to be making a, b- a big impact on everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sitting in a room full of women who are making that impact and are always doing something. And so we're just thankful for all of you um, for doing that. So we're just going to um, uh, 
just so, tell you all out there, ladies, y'all can do more. I mean, that's what we're here to talk about today, right? Um, so, Miss Patty, during your um, circular submission message, you talked about Paul writing his letters back to churches he planted, and uh, he basically was giving them counsel because they were— uh, a lot of times they weren't getting along or they weren't doing things the right way, correct? Because they were people, yeah. They were people. <laughs> <laughs> they were church members, so they didn't always get along. Yeah. Um, the word submission, uh, you also said, kind of makes your, the hair on your neck stand up, right? It does. Um, I found a quote on this website I was trying to look up and, and study. And it said, uh, this lady said, the word submission makes many Christians uncomfortable. They squirm or murmur against the apparent injustice of it. Somewhere along the line, Christians have come to a false notion about what submission means in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just want us to kind of mm-hmm. dive into that. The, the definition I found for submission, the action or fact of accepting or yielding to a superior force or to the will of authority of another person. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, that'd be why we don't like it. <laughs> yeah. So why has this... Uh, I guess as we're talking about growing up in the church, as as many of us have in different churches and different denominations, uh, this word submission has been really taken out of context probably far too long and far mm-hmm. too much, many times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know, I can't really speak for all the men in the world and the history of, of men, but um, I don't understand what it, what is your opinion as far as why they would take the, not read all the scripture correctly or I mean, what is it about that that they just seem to to use? I th- I think that that it's. I think it probably. I will say that it's probably not always been a problem because I think it really came about probably when the women's movement came along and they're like, nobody's going to keep me down anymore. Nobody's mm-hmm. going to this. Nobody's going to that. But you know. And I may get, oh, we may get some really backlash on this, but I have, I actually have an issue with that because nobody's, nobody should keep you down, mm-hmm. but you, but everyone needs to find their, find their place and their, um, there's a difference between submitting to somebody because you're afraid of them and submitting to somebody because you love them. Mm-hmm. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the difference. Mm-hmm. I'm not submitting to my husband because I'm afraid of what might happen if I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm submitting to my husband because I love him and he is the head of my household and he is, he's on top of that. Mm-hmm. He's my pastor as well. So I submit to him out of love for him and respect for him, not because I feel like he's keeping me down, but on the same, on the same on the flip side of that coin, he respects me enough to not push me down, hold me down, and mm-hmm. keep me. It's, it's not a control thing for him. So in that situation, in that relationship, it's easy for me to submit to him because I know he has my best interest at heart, and I'm submitting to him out of love and not out of fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Well, and, and submission, for us to um, understand biblical submission, it's really God's protective order mm-hmm. because the Word says, you know, uh, wives submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So what I had no problem submitting to a man, to my husband, to Alan, um, who loves me like Christ loved the church. And Christ didn't hold down women. I mean, women were the first at the cradle and the last at the cross. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were the first evangelists. I mean, yep. Mary was, the, I mean, it could have been anyone. It could have been mm-hmm. James, his own brother that came and found the tomb empty that then went back and told. But I mean, he allowed it. 
to be a to woman. Be a woman. He allowed I, it to be a woman that he trusted to go back and tell the boys is basically mm-hmm. what he said. Go back and tell your brother. Uh, yeah, go back and tell them. And so, you know, women were there worshiping, you know, at the tomb. And so not to say that men weren't doing what they needed to be doing. So I'm not saying that at all. But I think part of the reason is just absolute fear based to go back to your original mm-hmm. question mm-hmm. is rooted in fear and that the enemy, what he comes to do in the lives of women just like he did in the garden, you know, whispering to Eve, did God really say, Mm. you know, making us question our identity or making us question our role. And, you know, he still does that to this day. It's like he has no new tactics. Yeah, because I think the enemy realizes what strength comes mm-hmm. and, and and how strong a woman can be when she does learn true submission and mm-hmm. when she really does submit to someone because she loves them. I, I don't think he can handle, mm-hmm. um, I think he's afraid of mm-hmm. what might happen if women actually walked in the roles they were supposed to walk in. And that's why he puts this idea of you don't want to do that because he's afraid of the, of the strength and the, and the, and the authority that it gives us mm-hmm. because we choose to submit. And that's, he's, he's really, he's really scared of what might happen if he, if we actually all walk in that authority of submission. Can I say one thing? Cause I don't mm-hmm. take too much, but that's a perfect point is that, you know, uh, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. Mm-hmm. Right. So if he can steal, kill and destroy everything that has to do with the original model of the church, which is the family. Mm-hmm. So whether it's through, you know, divorce or identity or, you know, out of context submission and stuff like that, he's just coming to wreak chaos mm-hmm. and to still kill and destroy what the original model looked like. I mean, that's really where we are as a people. Yeah. You're talking about the first, those, those early evangelists. Mm -hmm. That's actually where my, everybody always asked my daughter, Phoebe, if she was (laughs) named after Phoebe on Friends. She's not. She's named after Phoebe that's in Romans 16. Mm -hmm. She was one of the first female evangelists in the Bible and she was a handmaiden to Paul. And that's where her, that's where her name actually came from was, was she's one of the first women that was, that was part of Paul's building of the church. Mm Mm-hmm. Anything to add? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, to go to continue with that, the quote I had earlier, the same stance that, that she says, um, they, uh, meaning Christians, brand the verse as sexist or even rant about the passage as justification for husbands mistreating or abusing their wives. They insist that these words prove the church exists, expects women to stay married to them, this is not the biblical understanding of submission, right? And I, I know that every pastor in America, probably the world, when they bring up this this scripture, it's always the joke like, oh, every man wants or you know, I heard Pastor Craig say it a ton of times, I uh, hope their wives are sitting there so they can hear this, you know, it's always a joke and <laughs> always fun. Right. <laughs> but in reality, it is not like you're saying. It, it, I, I, in the message um, translation, it says, husbands, go all out in, in your love, for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church, as love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes a church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her, dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And that's, that is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. So I yeah, thought that was beautiful. just really just good. painted a... The message obviously is just so much longer, yeah. but it just painted such a great picture. But the example that Miss Patty you gave during that message was that Jesus lowered Himself by washing His disciples' feet. He submitted, and you, you talked about how the animals, you know, were pretty much pooping all over the place, and mm-hmm. the people were stepping all through the, the dirty and all that. And yeah. Jesus laid down and 
and wash their feet out of submission and just out of respect of, of his followers. So, yep. I mean, we should be that. That's the example that he set before us, and it's there. Yep. Um, so if there are any men out there listening, I mean, mm-hmm. just. Yeah. <sighs> You know. Well, and 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 I don't want to, I don't want anybody to I don't want anybody to think that we believe that um, all all me all husbands are going to treat their wives the way they should. They're not. I I totally understand that there are a lot of women out there who have had that experience mm-hmm. that experience of a, a a domineering or a or a mistreating husband. Um, and it's really I can I I can't ima- I can't speak to that because I've never been a part of that. My dad wasn't like that. My husband's not like that. But I can just imagine that it would be very hard for somebody like that to read this scripture and and say, well, he's not treating me like I, like like Christ loves the church, so do I still have to submit to him? That's a question that has been posed to me a lot of times is, but if he's not doing his part, do I have to do my part? And that that's a really tough question. So I'll pose that question to you guys. If if you if if he's not doing his part, is she still does she still have to do hers? Oh, everybody's I'm looking at one another like, oh. I was going to let you speak, but I was I know say, I'm sitting so- here, but I, you can <laughs> yeah. answer it honestly. I mean, it's over here. I mean, I feel like that there's times in marriage, and just for me and Carlos, and I'm not going to talk on the aspect of, you know, abuse or things like that, but right. even leading the household spiritually, I feel like sometimes there has to be a balance because they're in our household, for instance, mm-hmm. he works third shift. So he sleeps all day. He has maybe two hours with the kids. And at this point in our life, we don't like it, but the kids get the leftovers at this point. So he's so exhausted. So their spiritual edification comes from mom. Mm -hmm. So that role balance in the home is different right now. Mm -hmm. Now, do I I want it to change for normalcy? Sure. But, I mean, at this point in our life, I feel like women and men together in a household sharing that, sometimes women have to step up if the man's not um and that's just in our household in this current season so but that doesn't mean that you but that doesn't mean that you don't still submit you may have to you may have to lead for the moment because Mm -hmm. he's Mm -hmm. physically not there right but that doesn't mean that you're not submitting to him because it's not like you're going to teach your children something that carlos doesn't believe right because that's submission is is teaching them how that how we how we lead as a family or how we lead as a couple that's that's submission because you're still going to teach them the way that he would teach them if he was there right to not submit to him would be to just say well your dad is this and your dad is that which also goes on not in your house household but in other households yeah you're you know your dad's not here and your dad's especially i see this so bad so so much in broken families and in blended families and this whole i gotta talk your i gotta talk my ex-spouse down because i'm afraid they might take my children from that's that's there's there's no need for all of that because we're all just parenting together but it's still a submission even though he's not the one standing there talking to them about this they know yeah. that when mom speaks she's speaking for both of them yeah and and the question being, if the husband's not doing their part, are we still supposed to do our part? Mm-hmm. Back to that. And the answer is absolutely yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, on Proverbs 31, you know, the virtuous aspect that we all look up to there. I mean, it says that even our husbands can be known in the city gate because, you know, of our behavior. Right. Mm-hmm. And in First Peter 3, um, it says, as we submit... Um, 
to the to our husbands and to the word that our husbands can be won over by the words and the behavior of their wives. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the two are one, the two become one. So um, as we're one in that, I mean, there's times where even if it's physical time available or whether it's one is more spiritually drained than the other, I mean, that's why the two become one. That's why we're such a great strength together. Right. Um, and outside of abuse or adultery or neglect or anything like that, you know, my input always is, have you prayed it all the way through? You know, I mean, have we done have we done our part? Because I'm going to stand for the Lord for Tina. I'm not going to stand to the Lord for Alan. Right. You know, I'm not even going to stand for the Lord to my children because now they're all of age. Right. No, you know, right. Well, and, and also that that scripture, that scripture is a great example of you may be your submission to him, even if your husband is not a Christian, he's not walking with Christ or whatever. The fact that you are still submitting to him and reading the scriptures and living by those scriptures can be a testimony to him that might be the one thing that mm-hmm. says, okay, this must be real because why else would she be doing this? Mm-hmm. And it may actually, that, that scripture it to me says, it may actually draw him to Christ because of because of the way that you are following the scripture, even when it doesn't make sense to him. Yeah. Hmm. You may be the reason why he comes to Christ because, because you're doing that. Mm-hmm. But you also can't change a person either though. No, you can't. That's not our job. No, you can't. That's not our job. That's not our job, but, but it no, is our not. job to do our part. Right. And then they have to do with, they have to do with yeah. their, what they will with that. Cause that does, that does um, happen to a lot of couples that they're like, oh, I can change them mm. or I can change them. Both of us. Mm. No. Yeah. Uh, That's worse than the submission word to me. Right? Miss <laughs> <laughs> uh, Patty, you talked about circular submission in, in that message, and you read the scripture that and further submit to one or another out of reverence for Christ. Mm-hmm. So it's not just one sided there; it's Mm-mm. it's both sides. It's um, all the sides. If you it's all the that, sides. However many sides it is, how many, many children you have, yes. like, there's everybody's got a side, and everybody has to everybody. If if everybody will just submit their wants and their needs and their you know everybody always has a has a moment when they need to be they need to be what the family's focusing on, but I, if I have said it once, I have said it probably a hundred times to my children. Um, you are not the center of our world. You are not the center of this family. You're not the center. You're definitely not the center of this marriage, and. When when it, you might have this moment that we need to focus on you, but the whole world doesn't revolve around mm. you, so that's really hard for kids to hear. Super hard. And even as parents, because yeah. I mean, to tell my children and to make priorities in our household that mm-hmm. okay, you don't come first. That's hard, especially right. with young kids. Mm. Yeah, because they grow up, we're feeding them, changing their diaper. The world is about and them they do. physically. Exactly, they grow up pretty selfish yeah. little beings. You yeah. know, absolutely. It's very easy to get. Um, <laughs> it's very easy to prioritize and, and make them the, the first focus one. We shouldn't, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be, you know. As we talked about earlier, Jesus lowered himself by washing his feet, but he also submitted to the will of God yeah, as he's praying. <laughs> you know, that was a real moment for Jesus as he's praying and saying, you know, take this cup from me, but he submitted to his will. Mm-hmm. You know, he probably didn't want to at the time. Um, that's just, again, an example that Jesus has given us over and over that he has been the example for us to follow and lead. And you know, Paul is, is has written these 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 letters to these churches, and and we're just going to keep on moving here. And he he wrote this scripture that in pretty much has been used to shut the women up in church, right? Mm-hmm. And you kind of you already know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, <laughs> <laughs> Give me the reference because I want to look it up. Okay, um, Are you in Corinthians or uh, yeah, First Corinthians fourteen. Yeah. 34 and 35 women should be silent during the church meetings it is not proper for them to speak 
They should be submissive, no, just no, as the can. law says. He's like, if they have any questions, they should ask their husbands at home, for it is improper for women to speak in church meetings. Right. Who you can go ahead. Oh, go well, ahead. Okay, so also, so we have to well, we have to understand what Paul was doing there. Exactly. Right. Is he was context. He, context, and he was speaking specifically to. If you have to understand the culture of the time, men right. would sit on one side women of, on the other. Yeah. and women on the other. And when the women had a question, instead of holding their tongue and waiting to ask their husbands, they were getting out of order like any of it would, whether it was a child or a man interrupting the rabbi that was teaching by yelling a question over to their husband <sighs> in the midst. So it's cultural. So he's speaking culturally. And the reason why Paul even wrote that letter was to help bring um, – um, organization to help bring structure to the church. So for him to say that, but then um, he also later on, Paul talks about women should be taught. Right. So right. the fact that he affirmed the fact of let's deal with this so that we can all have a platform to learn. So be quiet in this aspect. It would be like us telling our child who would be screaming out in the middle of church all the time, honey, you need to be quiet. We'll talk about this later. Mm-hmm. Right. It's mm-hmm. out of love. I mean, God, he disciplines those he loves. Right. 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 He wouldn't have brought correction and allowed us to have that. And so um, that's just my take on it is we have to understand the cultural, uh, you know, uh, context of the day and yeah. of, of what they were talking about. I mean, we're on this side of the cross. Right. If you want to take right. one scripture and say that this is the way it should be, we can go back to the Old Testament and say as soon as our children are disobedient, we take them out front and stone them. Yeah. None of us would be here today. Right. right. Oh, yeah. So if you don't want to let Scripture confirm Scripture and see that God affirm women throughout, you know, the Scripture, this was Paul helping the women, right. not holding them back. I think they all too often use it as a universal command mm-hmm. rather than, like, just cultural. I mean, it was literally for that day in that time. Right. But people slap a universal stamp on it, and they're like, okay, still relevant. Right. So Yeah, so um, I, I go back to the Passion Translation because um, – I feel like it's it's done a really good job of actually going mm-hmm. back to the real to the word and mm-hmm. finding out what those actual mm-hmm. w- root words mean. And it says the women should be respectfully silent right. during the evaluation of prophecy in the meetings. It's not even it's not even all the time. It's during the evaluation of prophecy. So basically, what they're what because the scriptures before it are talking about if there's a gift of tongues and there's right. a, and there's a mm-hmm. there's a there's a message in tongues given out and there needs to be interpretation or whatever that he was given instruction on how to do that. Mm-hmm. He was specific talking about this it says they're not allowed to interrupt mm-hmm. which it hello yeah. that's just that's just common courtesy just don't right. interrupt mm-hmm. it's not it's not that you can't ever say anything because he goes on to say they're to be in a support role as in fact the law teaches if they want to inquire about something let their ask let them ask their husbands when they get home and it's because it's not because they didn't want them to talk it's that that they didn't want them to take over the conversation and not be able to get what what the lord wanted done in that service but he knows there's going to be questions he knows there's going to be conversation but let's have that conversation Conversation later yeah. and respectfully and not interrupting what's going on in the in the service right so. and in that culture women were not taught they weren't educated right, right. so we're talking again cultural differences right. they of the fact of that questions. they had a lot of questions and the fact that he didn't say don't ask questions right 
He just said there's a time. So and wait, the right time wait to do you it. get home. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's a time and a place for it because but he still encouraged them to learn when they got right, home. Right, exactly. So it wasn't because like he the shut end them down. of the because the end of that says for a woman embarrasses herself when she constantly interrupts the church meeting, and it's so so okay. Let's let's even take it back to his motive. He's mm-hmm. not doing it to shut them up. He's te- he's doing it to keep them from embarrassing themselves mm-hmm. because they did have a lot of questions mm-hmm. because they weren't taught the Bible the way they weren't taught the the scriptures the way the men were. So they had a lot of questions, and women had never women. At one point, we're not even allowed in church. So this was a mm-hmm. new thing for women to even be allowed in church and to be able to hearing the word of the Lord. So they were going to have a lot of questions. So don't embarrass. It's, it's basically like don't embarrass yourself by asking a question mm-hmm. that we can talk about later. It's it wasn't even his intent to to bring them down or demean them. He was he was trying to actually protect them from looking stupid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like and like don't don't don't. Don't ask these questions and don't interrupt and don't don't make a scene when we can have these conversations and it'll be a whole lot better if we just do this mm-hmm. at home. That's good. But even in scripture, he still affirmed women. I mean, he oh, yeah. still co-labored with Priscilla mm-hmm. and Aquila. I mean and Aquila and <laughs> and I even read going back to context, she was often mentioned before him, and scholars believe probably because she was more well-versed, she was more well-educated, but they co-labored together. Mm-hmm. Um, they were tent makers, and they all just came together and found that common ground, and then they spread the gospel together outside of that. So he still affirmed various women throughout Scripture. Yeah. You just have to look at context. Yep. Mm. And you already mentioned Phoebe, and I think it was mentioned that she was the first deacon ever mentioned in the bible mm-hmm, for yeah. in the church so mm-hmm. um i mean that's that's huge and i know you ladies have, have spoken on stage and in churches and um you know there was an incident that happened this past summer john MacArthur came out in the southern baptist convention and miss patty's yeah. already getting heated up again Deep and breath. so um, it's I just think one of many same, subjects yeah, he wants to rip around apart. Around the same right. time, uh, I think we went and saw we saw Christine Kane speak in a conference, mm-hmm. and Beth Moore is this person that I've seen live in person, and she's fantastic and a great communicator and a great teacher. And so they asked um, him to uh, describe. I guess they were asking him different for, different people or phrases or words, and they said in two words describe whatever they're about to say, and they said Beth Moore, and he said go home. So oh, um, John MacArthur in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously it became a big deal, but you know Beth Moore took the high road and she just continued yep. pushing mm-hmm. and doing her thing. Yep. Um, but so still in the Southern Baptist world, that is still a big deal and it's still a hot topic today. It is as recently as you know six seven months ago. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of great women out there that are doing some fantastic. Things. I mean, has anybody ever been to a Joyce Meyer meeting? Hello, mm-hmm. that woman can bring the word. I mean, she's. I mean, I've, I've, I've sat under some really, okay, I've sat under some really strong, God-fearing women, but I've also seen it done not so well. I've, 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 seen, I've mm-hmm. seen the women who have caused John MacArthur to say those kinds of mm-hmm. things. I've seen that happen. I've seen women who have taken over and who have tried to run the pastor off because he wasn't, he, he wasn't the one she wanted and, and she, and, and taking control. And which is one reason why we don't have women's ministry at South Point, because that word makes me want to just throw up in my mouth a little bit, but it's because and it's for those two reasons. Number one, 
it was either because women's ministry was where women were relegated to in the church and that's all they could do. And I'm like, no, we're not separating it to women's ministry. We do ministry. We do ministry. We do ministry. We're men and we're women and we're kids and we're teenagers and we're everything. And we do ministry together. Um, So we're not going to have a women's ministry. We're going to have ministry that might, that, that particular, that particular, um, Thing might be led by a woman, but it's not "quote unquote" women's ministry. And the other reason why I don't like women's ministry is because I have seen the really strong women in the church were put into "quote unquote" women's ministry, and because they weren't actually allowed to use their gifts on the platform or wherever, then they turned it into a control thing. And they're like, "Well, if this is all I'm going to get, then I'm going to make the best of it." And they went crazy with it. And I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to have that either. I don't want to have that. I don't want to have. I want us to just do ministry together. So, yeah, it's it's. But but I've seen it. I've seen it happen. I mean, I've 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 witnessed some really raunchy stuff that women that women have done and that and the ways they've acted in churches, which doesn't give him the right to say that. But I can totally see why he would say it. <laughs> it doesn't. It's not. It's not. It's not nice. But mm-hmm. I've seen it. Go ahead, Tina. Yes, I'm the same as Tina. Yeah, but it has nothing to do with women, so I'm going to get along. I was just simply going to say, and you can totally edit this out, but he's the only man I know that did his own version of the Bible, and it's the John MacArthur Study Bible. Mm. That's all I got to say. Hey, oh. Sounds like an ego thing. That's all I got to say. Maybe. So when you think your opinion and your discernment of the scriptures um, are it, and that's it. (laughs) So that's that's all I have to say. Okay, go um, ahead. Craig has the Craig <laughs> has the Craig Wendell version, but I don't think we've ever actually you written it actually, down. No, no. You didn't actually put your name <laughs> above your name on the Bible. No. Yeah. Did he no. autograph copies? I'm curious. Uh, pro- uh, we don't know. You know, like my favorite Bible. My favorite Bible is the uh, Spirit Filled Life Bible that mm-hmm. had many contributors right. that mm-hmm. were listed somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Man, their names were not stamped on the front for the John MacArthur Study Bible. You mm-hmm. feel free to right. cut that out. <laughs> Just or not. Totally okay. That's totally okay. That's totally okay. Um, so, Jackie, you went to college to be what, and you were discouraged because of why. I'm gonna go ahead and put you tell out your there. story. Go he ahead knows and tell it. So your story. Throw it out there. So much fun. I want to hear it. I mean, so I was raised in the church. Um, at 15, I surrendered my life to full-time Christian ministries, and growing up in the youth group. Um, there wasn't a whole lot I could do. Now, looking back on it now, I was the person who, I went up to my youth pastor and told him, I will be a pastor one day. And they looked at me and they were like, mm, not here, you won't. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I used to think it was out of rebellion or a buck of authority, but I really feel like it was a deep-seated calling in my life. Mm-hmm. So at 15, surrendered my life to full-time Christian ministries, had no clue what it would look like, but I was like, okay, well, let's pursue it. Did all kinds of missions throughout um, high school and going up into college. Got to college, pursued biblical Bible college. Christian Bible college. college yep. um, pursued Christian ministries a year and a half in. I got to the point where I was like, "There's nothing I can do with it." Mm. I'm getting so, this degree that's going to give me absolutely get nothing. It, I'm getting debt from this degree. Right. Yeah. That's all I'm going to get from this. <laughs> Calling no yes, debt. <laughs> Still got it. Um, so I came home and I got comfortable. And I got married. You get had your kids. MRS degree, like I did. I came home and found <laughs> Carlos, and it was amazing. Um, <laughs> so good, but I still lived in that culture and that, that box that there's nothing the women can do. Um, I married Carlos and I mean, I thought maybe missions one day, I thought maybe pastor leader or something, but it just didn't come to fruition. And so I, I did you settled. think you were going to do that or did you think you were going to be his support as he did that? 
because that's the way that's the way I was always taught was well, you don't know, get to do it taught. you just get to be you just get to support yeah. your husband now, if I and what say he the church does. I was at the min- the only ministry that I would be relegated to was um, a single missionary person or I can be I can get I can be a pastor's wife that's as far as it was going to go but I felt something so much deeper that I was supposed to be doing mm-hmm. um, and it just never came to fruition and so I settled for normal and mundane and I did the mom thing Secular and that, that was, but that was my calling at that time. Like I have small kids. Let me be in my home. Let me take care of my kids. But I still lived in that. Um, this is what life is going to be like. And you pastored a little congregation. I do. <laughs> and that has been, and they can hear me preach from the toilet because that's, that's right. where my, <laughs> they you're all ra- come in when I'm using the bathroom. And you're raising um, up world changers. Absolutely. And you're absolutely. Um, but yeah, and it's been this whole it's been an undoing though, because I do feel like the Lord's given me a voice. Mm-hmm. And um, I had this moment last week where I was like, "God, I'll give you my voice if you give me your words," because it can't be about me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's been an interesting journey to coming from a place where you cannot be utilized and finding mm-hmm. a newfound freedom that you have a voice and you don't need permission to use it. Like God equipped you for mm-hmm. it. Um, so coming out of that box has been interesting. That's good. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Uh, Miss Tina, what got you to the point where you are now where you can speak in front of people? Is that something you always wanted to do? And um, we'll get into your story probably in another, another episode. Yeah. But I did, I did want to ask that question. For, uh, uh, well, I had, my dad had a nickname for me when I was little, and it was the mouth of the South. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been afraid to talk to anybody about anything on it. And if I know... Like if I'm educated on something and I know something about it, there is I have no problem at all. But you won't, I, you're not going to hear me sit here and talk about astrophysics, blah, blah, blah. you know. I mean, whatever you know, it whatever is, whatever. whatever. Yeah, I'm just talk about anything. You know, not just anything, but what I know and what I'm passionate about. So, and then I also um, just my uh, went and got a degree in sales and marketing, and then I was a corporate trainer, and so I've always talked and always so. Um, you know, I mean, I was it's trained natural. under. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. From Cornell University online studies to Zig Ziglar, da, 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 you know, in the before I came to know the Lord, so I always felt real confident in training. And I trained, a, you know, Salesforce full of men on food service products. I worked with executive chefs from the casinos to hospitals, and so, um, you know, in my twenties. Oh, and wow. so, you know, and so I did it. So I never felt intimidated. But also, it's really funny because I also had a lot of all of my mentors in the marketplace were men. And they were older men, and they looked at me like I was their daughter. Like I and and even to this day, Alan's like, I can't believe after all those years of you being in the marketplace, like there was never any inappropriateness, you know, because yeah. I was young, yeah. twenty right. year olds, and I'm like, no, I don't and know if cute. God just, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I was really <laughs> cute then. Thank you. <laughs> I was really cute then. Um, um, but God just, even when I didn't know him, mm-hmm. he knew me mm-hmm. and yeah. was protecting me and surrounded yep. me. Not that I wasn't making my own poor choices, but as far as men that really put me in positions, um, that men that wasn't even in the church, Hey, right. we see mm-hmm. the functioning of God's ability so much more, even outside of the church, the world gets it sometimes more than the we church do, yeah. gets it Absolutely. because you know, God said he wrote eternity on our, in our hearts. Mm-hmm. So just like we know it's wrong to murder, we know it's wrong to do and all that. Sometimes we get taught out of mm-hmm. what we know in our heart is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that has swayed over into into the church, you know, because Paul liberated women, even though when he told them to, you know, be silent or to do whatever in uh, in the to church in uh, Galatia, Galatians, he said that um, that we've all been baptized into one Christ. He said that there is neither no more female, no more female. How about that? Female. There's neither no more male. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
There's neither uh, my radio voice went away That's for a moment. Uh, there's neither no more male or female, uh-huh. um, but that we are one in Christ. Christ you know, he yeah, broke absolutely. down that no more Jew or Gentile, male or mm. female. Right. So so even after Paul brought correction in other areas, then you hear him liberating himself, liberating women. Mm-hmm. And so was he double minded? No. It was just the the full context mm-hmm. of Scripture. When we take it in, then we really get a uh, you know vision of what God really intended for men and women. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think what you I think what you just said that you that being taught out of your um, not talked out of but taught out of because they've they've proven to you sub- supposedly with their scriptures that this is not what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, when Craig and I were first um, when we were first part of the ark and after we planted South Point, we were a part of doing um, assessments for for pastors who were going to plant ark churches. And I've had and I've had several of those women come back to me since then. And thank me because one of the things that I would tell them was, I need you to figure out what a pastor's wife looks like in your church. Because a pastor's wife in your church may not look like what it has looked like in the churches you've been in before or the churches around you or the churches in your city. But you don't need to be afraid to step up and be whatever it is that God has called you to do. I don't think there is a such thing as a typical pastor's wife. I think if I think if you have put yourself in the box of being a typical pastor's wife, then you're selling yourself short because he has so much for us to do as a couple and as a team that if I was just the typical pastor's wife, there are so many people, and I'm not saying this to toot my own horn, but there are so many people who would not be where they are today beca- mm-hmm. because I was afraid to walk in what, or I had Absolutely. been taught out of what God had had called me to do, although it looked very different from anybody around when I mean, we came well, here. Growing up, what was the pastor's wife's role? I mean, what do you remember of that? What yeah, your- um, she, my, my, my favorite pastor's wife growing up in the church, and I'm probably going to cry talking about her, but um, she was, her husband actually married Craig and I, and um, but she was my pastor's wife when I was young, like eight, nine, ten. Mm-hmm. And um, she played the piano beautifully. Um, and we, my parents and, and, and that and my pastor and his wife were very close. So we spent a lot of time at her house. She was the best cook. I mean, I still have recipes <laughs> in my recipe book today of things that Laureen Ford made and that she taught me how to make. So, but that was, but she had a heart for people. And um, I think that was the one thing that they were allowed to do was to, was to, take care of people which unfortunately a lot nowadays that's one of the things that pastors have forgotten to do and that is to take care of people um and but but she was she was awesome at that but honestly and this is i'm i'm not kidding when i say this i promise you hand on the bible this is what happened craig's best man at our wedding was a pastor and his wife played the piano and and Mm -hmm. and whatever so um he pulled Craig aside, not at the wedding because it was a little late at that point, but but before that, he pulled <laughs> Craig aside and asked him if I could play the piano. And when he said no, he was like, well, then are you sure you're making the right choice here? And Craig was like, are you telling me that you think I shouldn't marry her because she can't play the piano? And he was like, well, if she's going to be a pastor's wife, it's pretty important. And Craig was oh, like, wow. well, was she makes like, good... She He's, he, Craig said, well, she makes good fried chicken, so does that count? <laughs> and he was like... Ask. All right, that'll work. And I was like, wow. Okay, yeah. He, uh, he tried to talk him out of marrying me because I couldn't play the piano. 
Can you play the piano? I don't even no, I can't play. I, I took piano lessons as a kid, <laughs> but I didn't like to read music. I played by ear, and that frustrated all my piano teachers. So I, I never really learned to play. That's like Jason said, he plays it his way. Yeah, <laughs> I got fired yeah. by, from my piano teacher, so it's okay. <laughs> We can find common ground on that. I learned to play Delta Dawn on the guitar out of oh. tune. Oh. There you go. <laughs> and the Lord loved my joyful noise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. the only it one. It didn't matter if I could sing, but I couldn't play the piano. That's so right. I wasn't, yeah. wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. Um, a friend of the, of the show, um, she said, she was talking about a teacher like that, a Sunday school teacher. She said, um, she said well, I couldn't wait until I was old enough to teach Sunday school because I wanted to teach others the way they had taught me. I taught my first Sunday school class in my Baptist church when I was in junior high. So wow. she couldn't mm-hmm. just wait to just teach Sunday school because that was probably it was modeled to her. That's, that yeah, right. yeah, that was best as it was mm-hmm. going to get as far as teaching goes. Yeah. And as we're talking today, I mean, and there's an example of women at this table, and hopefully future um, women at this table that might do that someday is teach in front of people. And we've already talked about the Christine Canes of the world, the Beth Moores mm-hmm. out there, the Joyce Myers who are impacting not just women; they're impacting men. I mean, the Beth, world, Beth yes. Moore just rocked me at that passion conference in 2006 or 2007, whichever year it was, uh, both years. I think she was both years, but I've heard her speak a couple of times. And Christine came this last time in, back in August. So we got to see her. She was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just examples of women that are out there impacting the world and impacting you know, people, not just women, not just kids, not just Sunday school, but men and women throughout everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, I can I say to that every one of them women are married Mm-hmm. Every one of those mm-hmm. women, their husbands are vital Absolutely. roles yeah. in the mm-hmm. ministry. Mm-hmm. Running, the, I mean, Joyce will say all the time, if Dave wasn't here, like doing <laughs> the global be. ministry, the finances, and the, all of that. So I think all those women are a really beautiful picture of understanding the giftings and the calling of God are irrevocable and without reproach. Meaning, why are we going to shun down because my gift is different than your gift if I can't play the piano right. or fry chicken, you know, <laughs> or preach or speak to anyone? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what does that matter? I mean, we're right. all part of one body, right? Yeah. right. I mean, mm-hmm. we're the hand, we're the foot. Why do we try to put everything in this box when God, the creator, created us, mm-hmm. men and women, in his image? He's a creator. It's because we live in our finite mind. I mean, mm-hmm. we are limited in our thinking, and he's an infinite God. And so I just, I kind of laugh when I hear stories like that or the, the whatever his name is, story about uh, Beth Moore. Um, <laughs> forget it. It's so important to me. Anyway. Yeah. Um, his name, yeah. John Here. MacArthur. Yeah, okay, thank yeah. you. You know, it's okay. The, fact, the, the kind of boxes that we want to put people yeah, in, right. and I just think, is God up there just, you know, laugh? I mean, he does laugh. Probably. God does yeah, laugh. Yeah. In Psalm, it says he laughs at our enemies. Mm-hmm. But I just think he's up there laughing, saying, y'all, come on. I mean, you don't know how high my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Yep. Um, I've told Jackie that a lot. And this is, I feel like my calling has always been behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I love running sound. I love doing things that nobody sees or nobody knows that I do. And I'm 100% happy with that. But as I've tried to push her, and I told her the other day, I said, I will support you in every single way I possibly can. And that's that's what I want to do. I want to encourage mm-hmm. and push. And I, I told her the other day, I said, your writings are amazing. And they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. And keep doing it. And I'm going to keep yep. sharing them. And I'm going to run her Twitter account. I'm going to do whatever I can do to help you go and to awesome. help push you. Mm-hmm. Yep. And like you're saying, that's just, that is an important role. And if that's going to be my calling, that's what I'm going to do. Right. I mean, because I can. It's no, it's, and, and there's no less of that calling right. than it is the person who stands up on the stage and actually who does the talking. Mm-hmm. It's the, We're all, like Tina said, we're yeah. all apart. Mm-hmm. If, 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 you, if, if Katie wasn't back at the back of the room... Mm-hmm. 
fixing yep. the sound and making it work, then what what Craig was saying Thank would you, never get out there anyway. Right. So I mean, she's she's the reason why you can hear us right now. That's but she's right. also the reason yep. why that the crowd can hear Craig on Sunday. It doesn't matter how important what he has to say is mm-hmm. if there's not somebody there doing their part, right. which is running the sound and making it work mm-hmm. and making it sound good and making it sound making it sound good to your ear, so you want to listen. That's right. Then it has no. It has, all of his words are just going to be for naught because mm-hmm. nobody's going to hear him anyway. It's hard to reach people when we all want to be the foot, mm-hmm. or we have four hands, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know how weird us, you'd look if you had four four hands. <laughs> oh, no, just, just picture that. You know, in my for mind. some of us, so. one mouth is way more than another. Yeah, <laughs> we need four ears. And, yep. but, I've, yes. I've said it uh, multiple times on this podcast, but just again, shout out to the Dream Team for this church because yes, I mean, everybody in this uh, church has a part. Everybody, um, plays a role. And to the people who are in the nurseries, the people who are yes. in hospitality mm-hmm. impressions everywhere, if you are cooking or if you are making the coffee, if you're watching our kids, if you're, you eat those, you matter. And if you're male or female, it doesn't matter. Cause like you said, we're all one and we're under, mm-hmm. you know, we're under Christ and it's, it's all important to further the kingdom of God yep. and to, Get South Point out there so that the people who don't know him can come in these doors. So like our friend said, they can walk in the doors and see that there are women here who are encouraging, who are empowering, who have a voice. Not just the males, but the females as well. So yep. that's you. We've had, we've had women worship leaders in this church way longer than we ever had a man. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We, had, we had a couple of men along the way, but we've had women way longer. But yeah, because we, we we're not afraid to put them on stage for sure. <laughs> um. Miss Patty, uh, Miss Tina, have you ever gotten any backlash or negative feedback from speaking on stage or being <laughs> or leading a church service? <laughs> you're already laughing. <laughs> I've been called a goat. Oh my goodness! He separates the goat from the sheep. Mm. Someone had a dream that my head was cut off. Wow! Because I was a goat. I've been called Jezebel. Mm. I've been called everything. Mm. And so, but I can't help what someone else's um, inability to receive right. from what my role is, especially when my pastor put me in that exactly. role, right. Right. you Absolutely. know, and yeah. especially, you know, um, and so, you know, I can't help what your uh, triggers or your insecurities and why you feel that way, or uh, maybe in one in particular, the their issues with lust right. yeah. mm-hmm. from a woman Correct. being, a, I can't help mm-hmm. what your issues are, but they're right. not my issues. Right. Right. So, um, but you do have to have thick skin. So yep. you've yeah. got to be, you've got to have thick skin. Mm-hmm. If you want to be in the public eye, then you're just going to have to have thick. I've been uninvited. I was booked, had everything until the pastor read my resume and found out that I was actually ordained. So as long as I was just going, uh. but, and I was still only ministering to women. Right, right. In this denomination, you could imagine what it is. Yeah. So I was still, I'm still only speaking to women, and they desperately needed the word because so a woman in their leadership had just died, and I knew God had given me a word for them. But because I was ordained, because I'd studied to show myself proven, the offer for me to speak was with, revoked. Was, wow. was, was revoked. So, and they had already put on the publicity and everything. And so I was like, and the women's ministry leader called crying. I was like, honey, I'm so, I'll, well, let's have lunch. You know, I right. mean, I'll be happy yeah. to mm-hmm. talk to you, and I'm sorry that that's happened, but, you know. It doesn't hurt my feelings because I know that I'm doing what I'm called to do. So, yeah, I've been called more probably than what I know. But, you know, that's okay. I know I'm doing what God's called me to do. And Alan plays the same role that you do. And he Mm -hmm. said that to me. I'll do everything I can to support you and to uh, help you fulfill, you know, the call of God on your life. And the call of God on my life is the call of God on his life. So we're we're, we're joined together, Together, you know. But he would rather be teaching or, you know, behind the scenes somewhere and never have a microphone, honestly. Mm -hmm. 
He would rather have never have a microphone. But, um, you know, and I think I came out of the crib with a microphone or something. I mean, <laughs> right out of the womb. I would do karaoke in the 70s, but we knew what that was, you know. Um, but anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, it's happened. It'll, it'll continue to happen, but that's okay. Yeah, um, we had... <laughs> I was I led like I said I led worship when we first started South Point and um we had a couple that um he had he came to Craig and had a conversation his wife was actually over our four year group at the time which was because we were a portable church they were the ones who set up mm-hmm. everything about our hospitality they set up all the decorations they set up the coffee stations and everything and his wife was over that when we were still at the at the movie theater and um he came to Craig and said, I have two questions for you. And he said, okay. He said, number one, when are you going to get a man worship leader mm. so that your wife doesn't, so your wife can't do that anymore? And when are you going to replace my wife in charge of the foyer because she doesn't need to be leading people either? And Craig said, well, you can do what you want to with your wife, but my wife ain't going anywhere. <laughs> and yeah. they left the church over it wow. because he because he was just like, I can't, I can't be here if there are women in leadership. I mean, he came from a, a church that was, mm-hmm. I think, probably even stronger than the Baptist church in um, they just don't. But I will tell you this: um, Tina spoke here at South Point in December. December, yep. mm-hmm. and maybe they're just afraid to tell us what they really think. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But we did not have the first mm-hmm. negative comment. Okay. They loved mm-hmm. her. And you did a fantastic and job. She oh, did. thank you. She did. Yeah. If you, yeah. it's, it's probably on the it's probably on the website somewhere. Mm-hmm. You need to go back and listen to it. It was really good. We were out of town, and it's not like Craig has those people that when they speak, he like. He gets all nervous and he feels that was me. he feels all weird. <laughs> he feels all weird the whole Sunday until it's over and somebody calls him and tells him it, it was went good. Okay. It went fine. Yeah. yeah, but he's like, there are a couple of people in my life that I don't I don't f- have that feeling. And he said, and I have ne- Tina has never stood on our stage before, but he didn't have the least bit oh. of problem turning his turning his little headset microphone over. I won't say the pulpit because we don't have a pulpit. <laughs> know, right? he turning that turning that it. stage <laughs> over to her because he trusts her. He knows her walk. He knows her integrity not only in the church but also in the business world and in all the other things that she's involved in he trusts her that she's going to bring the word and that she's not going to put she's not going to put the tina in it she's just going to bring you the 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 unadulterated word but it's going to be in her style and he he felt totally comfortable and we have not if you have anything negative to say about it please don't tell me now because i want to believe that there was no negative talk about it but everybody was just so complimentary of it and but i think that's a culture that we've built here because we from the beginning we said women are going to have a voice from the beginning we said we're not going to be afraid to put women in leadership and it has cost us some families but honestly if they couldn't hang with that there were probably going to be lots of other things they couldn't hang with too it's 2020 y'all need to get with it now Mm -hmm. so but yeah it's we we love it and i and i'm and i'm so glad that craig has empowered us to to set that up from the beginning i mean it's we, we, it's it's been from the start, so I think that's why we mm-hmm. set people t- like Tina up for mm-hmm. success because they're just used to it, mm-hmm. and that that's just one of the freedoms that we get to live in here. Awesome, it's awesome, and I'm my biggest critic. Aren't yeah. we our biggest critics? <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yes. yeah. We're our biggest. Big, yeah. So we, you know, criticism coming from anywhere else probably yeah. just pales in comparison to how we, we are critique ours. ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, looking, listen to me like the last question here. Looking back, um, knowing what you know now. If you were to go back and talk to your your grandmother or your mother and tell them what you know now about women in church, um, would you take that opportunity? What do you think they would say? Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> do you want me to start with that? Yeah. Go ahead. Um, well, 
I didn't have, my family wasn't in church. Okay. Well, so we were taken to Catholic church. You know I mean? We were taken, yeah. Yeah. but it was definitely a, you know, a form of religion. You know, I mean, they just didn't know. They couldn't teach me in the word or couldn't yeah. lead me in that because yeah. they just really didn't. And so I really didn't have um, a model for that. Matter of fact, I grew up for a long, or after I came to the Lord at the age of 28, my sister and I said for the longest time that we were first generation believers. You know, yeah. that we were first. So they had no context of women yeah. leading anything. Um, but come to find out, after several moves, I'd carried this bag around that my mom gave me that was my grandmother's and all that. And I just thought it was stuff she didn't want to deal with. It was like the funeral book, yeah. just stuff. That, so, but I opened it, and I found my dad's mom's Bible. Oh, wow. And she yeah. was a Sunday school teacher. Mm. And she had scriptures line, and she was, like, praying for my children and my grandchildren who w- weren't even born. She died when my dad was a young boy. Wow. And so please read this circled John 316 in the front. Please go to John 316. You know, so we never knew that. So um, but I think the spirit and the heart of the women who went before us, whether we saw them culturally able to lead, we're obviously all sitting here today. Right. And so we are the legacy of their leadership, whether they were able to step out of the box in, in that culture um, to lead or not. Um, I just think the evidence of the lives of the women that went before us is, is to me, shines bright because we're here doing what we're doing today yeah yeah i don't i know for a fact that i would not be sitting here and i would not be the pastor of this church had it not been for two praying grandmothers and a praying mother because i mean i can remember i can remember walking into my grandmother's house and her just being buried and her face just buried in a chair in the middle of the afternoon Mm. and i'm like oh she's praying again but now, I mean, I would honestly, I can remember having those thoughts, but now I would give anything to know that I had somebody praying for me the way that she prayed for me yeah. and the mm-hmm. way that she prayed for our families as mm-hmm. we were growing up. And I know for a fact that I am where I am today because of those praying grandmothers yeah. and those praying moms, which, you know, has nothing to do with the dads and they're, they're all there. But yeah. I mean, that was one thing that the women in my church and the yeah. women in my denomination knew how to do. <laughs> they knew how to pray. Yeah. And they knew how to bring down the Holy Spirit, and they knew how to bring down that fire on somebody who needed it, and I needed it a lot of times. So, um, well, you're, I, the, you're the drug dealer, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, so, I definitely would not be, and mm-hmm. I'll let I'll let Miss Thing over there say her own My thing heart's about that. So I know heavy. it is. <sighs> Take a breath. So close to, I mean, there's been such a brief stint of loss. So two totally different people, mom and grandma, two women who were my absolute sidekicks and like literally arm in arm, but two totally different people. Um, My grandmother who oozed wisdom, who Mm -hmm. prayed for me when I was, (laughs) well, I remember growing up, I went off this, I went off to Africa, taught, you know, true love weights in the schools, came home decided to be a heathen or whatever <laughs> um, and went completely against what I taught in Africa. Um, but she was the one who, she wouldn't speak to you over it. She would come and slip a little track in there, your little true love waits and lay it on your bed and let you think about it. Yeah. That's how she was. Yeah. Um, but she would always pull, she would always pull me close and she would always speak wisdom over me. And I would, I could literally just sit at her feet for days and just mm-hmm. absorb it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I have my mom on the other end who is completely bold and assertive and, don't care about nothing. She's going to tell you how you feel about it. Um, but who would still push me? Mm-hmm. And so those two characteristics of both meekness and mildness and aggressiveness. And 
I guess when you think of the characteristics of God, he has both masculine and feminine. I'm not saying my mom is masculine, but right. just that different character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like if we are who we are modeled in Christ, we're going to have all of that. We're going to have both masculine and feminine um, qualities. But I, I don't think that I would be not just where I am today with who they were and what they walked through, but losing them too. Mm. Um, I finally came to a point, and I, ta- I told Patty last week, I never thought that I would come to a point where I would be okay with what happened um, until last week. And it's taken a year and a half to get there. But mm-hmm. what didn't feel good at that time, God makes good. Mm-hmm. And I can see the fruit of it now wow. versus what I walked through during those long 18 months. So, yeah. Hmm. yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm not a lady, but I can attest. <laughs> yeah. I can I attest. Can attest. <laughs> he is not Sorry. a lady. As I drank that water, I was trying to keep it from hitting the mic. I can <laughs> just be, I can agree with the grandmother because I have a grandmother like that. And mm. I would call her because my dad, you know, my dad is my dad. And my grandfather is just the prime example of a man of God. And, you know, we got to see him a couple of years ago and he's much older now, but he's about to go on a youth trip, you know, <laughs> he's still doing it. And Love I was it. just like, gosh, yes, you know, so cool. But my grandmother, though, she was the one, like you're talking about, Miss Patty, that would just pray and pray and like these examples. And I can, I would never be able to call her without crying on the phone at some point or another because she was just that kind of person. And she was so sweet. And even before I met Jackie, she was always like, have you, you got a girlfriend? And I'm like, no, I don't, Grandma. Because Jackie was my first grandma, uh, my first girlfriend. I wasn't your first grandma. Not, not, no, <laughs> That'd be weird. I grandma. Mama. She was my first girlfriend. And oh, cute. Um, she would always like, well, I'm praying for her and she, God's going to bring you the right one. And she just kept Aww. saying it. And so the day that I got to call her and say, I got a girlfriend, Grandma, you know, you know, that was probably one of the best days ever. And um, just to tell her that I was getting married was the other thing as well. And Jackie got to meet my grandmother. And I think she talked to you on the phone yeah. um, right after, right before we got married, right after we yeah. got married. Um, and we got to beat, we got to, my kids got to meet her. And that was probably one of my biggest and best moments of my life is that my kids got to see their grand, my grandparents and their great grandparents. Um, but she was, she was just that, that example of just, just a, a woman, just always praying, always after God's heart and just always, you know, same thing in the church. She 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 wasn't um, always in the church. So she didn't grow up in the church. She had a, a lifestyle that that was what it was. But um, I'm just I can just be in agree uh, agree with you guys with that. Um, well, thank you all so much. Thank now you. there is a gather conference coming up this year, right, Miss Tina? Yes. Do you have it, a date for that? Mm-hmm. August 29th. August 29th. <laughs> we do. What is it? We do. I do. I almost gave you last year's day. Yes, and it will be hosted here at South Point Church. Yes. Awesome. So honored. Yes. So it's just a really early plug, yep. but that's yeah, all the pieces okay. are going to be coming together pretty soon. Yep. So we're having our official one of our first official team meetings coming up here in about a week, and we'll have a lunch and we'll get some more information out. Yep. Awesome. It's going to be awesome. So mm-hmm. be on the lookout for that, ladies. And uh, yep. well, thank you all so much for being here today. Um, we are not done just yet. I have a lightning round. Some questions to ask you real quick. Do we need you to do Craig's? There you go. All right. Here we go. Uh, Would you always be, would you rather always be 10 minutes late or always 20 minutes early? I know Patty's answer. You'd rather be early. Patty's going to be the only one that says late. I I don't have a choice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you have a choice. I know. She's built to be late. Okay. I don't live with margin. uh, Early? Late. Late. Oh, she's Uh. definitely late. I'm early. Mm, If I don't have kids. I was trying to say the word rather. If I don't have kids, I'm early. I'm early. For work. I would rather be early. Okay, it just never happens. It, <laughs> I, sometimes, 
I'm learning. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. <laughs> what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, butter pecan. Blueberry cheesecake. Oh, never had that. Mm, it's actually a yogurt flavor, but <laughs> it is my favorite. <laughs> I don't anything chocolate. Mm. Or peanut butter. <gasps> peanut butter. Oh, and uh, chocolate. And Reese's, chocolate. Reese's ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Like the bluebell that has a little Squirrel. Reese's cups in it? No, I get the sugar-free bluebell ice cream vanilla and I melt a Reese's cup and peanut butter and I top it. It is so good. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I had a moment. That is her daily routine. Daily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a cookies and cream guy myself. Um, what is something popular now that annoys you? Uh, in parentheses, kids these days in their... TikTok. TikTok. That's a good one. I just got on TikTok recently. Okay, I have two. (laughs) TikTok and uh, young women who think those shirts are dresses. Oh. Yes. Okay. Those are tunics. They're not dresses. Oh, yeah. Yeah, shirts, tunics, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) That sounded so judgmental, but I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm like, if you bend over, honey, I'm just like, you know. Yeah, okay, I'm going to sound really judgy when I say this too, but I have one for girls and I have one for boys. For boys, it's not standing up tall because when boys grow, they they feel like they're so tall and they don't want to be tall, so they slunch, so they slouch down. I'm like, no, stand up, be a man, be, be, you know, slunch. I just made a new word up. That's that's a Craig Wendell in me, slunch. Um, But I want want boys to stand up and I want girls to, if you're going to, I don't care if you wear, I don't care if you wear leggings, but if you do, you better wear a shirt long enough that I can't see your tail. (laughs) What was the question again? We don't need to see all that. (laughs) The question is something. Po- what is something popular now that annoys you? You said TikTok. Too. Like, yeah, we'll go with TikTok. Mm. TikTok. <laughs> I don't, our kids are young. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. We'll go uh, TikTok. For me, it's like like the people that invent words like yeet. Yes. Yeet. That's that's the stuff. Yeet that or I Yahoo. Just, that's a kind of a boy. A yeet is a boy. No, yeet. Yeet, yeet, yeet is, is a country boy. Yes. Yeet, yeet is, is a country, country boy. boy. Really, that's and a different a definition. Word is yeah. a. What is it? Tell us, Katie. Okay, they're like either she's re- not redneck relevant. or cowboys. Different. Oh wow! Oh. In a Yahoo or something. Well, I, I thought. Well, from what I've seen, the yeet is the like when you throw something and it yeeted. Isn't that right, Katie? Isn't that what it is? That's yeah, that is Urban Dictionary. Y'all, Urban Dictionary is nasty. It really is. Look, you don't look it up. I'll cover my eyes and look it up. Hang on. Okay. Okay. What's the next question? Okay, we'll go to the next question. Come back. Oh, oh, and I also hate talking in text. Mm-hmm. Talk. Huh? What do you like, mean? Like BRB. I'm like, just say. BRB. Oh, like people that don't actually spell yeah, stuff. Yeah, that don't actually say the words. They I just. I'm yeah. usually to I discard was... an item at a high velocity. Yeet. Yeet. But then there's got to be an X-rated version of that definition. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I'm not scrolling. <laughs> I okay. just read the first one. All right. Good. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Sanctified. <laughs> Next. All right. Oh wait, it's not yeet. But it's yee yee. Yeah, yee yee. That's what they I've never heard that. Yee yee is a country boy. Okay. Or a, or a redneck boy. Might as well wow. be yeet. We're learning like new things here. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't like that either. <laughs> I know it really is. <laughs> Let's yeet that word out of here. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. I don't think that's how we are. We're kind of outdated, honestly. We really are. Sorry. Crazy mode. Get on the mic. Okay, now. You have to get rid of one of the following. Chocolate, coffee, Mexican food, or ice cream? Ice Mexican cream. food. Blasphemy. Who ice said cream. Mexican food? Ice cream. You're not my friend. <laughs> Chocolate. If anybody says coffee, <laughs> do not ever talk to me again. Exactly. We you would never say, say coffee. coffee. That's why I specifically said coffee. We all shop at Coffee Central. We were there today, just there. let you know. Plug. 
<laughs> Shameless plug for Coffee Central. Thank yeah, you. we studied today at Coffee Central. We all had some different. You. What did you say? I said chocolate. <coughs> I'm so dumbfounded that Patty said Mexican food. I <laughs> How said are we ice cream. It'll be chocolate for me. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Katie, you said chocolate? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Mm. Kind of a dark chocolate. I don't drink coffee, though, so I'm no it's offense. Okay. It smells good, doesn't but it? it. <laughs> <laughs> I made him taste my drink this morning while we were at Coffee Central. That's not You didn't coffee. spit it out. What did what? you have? Okay, oh, I can please. never get it right. I always go in there and tell them, give me something pretty, yummy, and sugar-free. And so I'm pretty positive that they give me the sugar-free cinnamon dolce yeah. breve. Yeah. yeah okay. okay. All these pronunciations. Yes. Yeah, it's nice. a really long word. Um, it's better than my Starbucks order. That's even worse. Yes, it is. Speaking of um, food, uh, <laughs> what's the one food you could never bring yourself to eat? I hate oysters. Oysters. Raw oysters. Oh, I love raw oysters. Oh, they had to be fried. Mm-hmm. I can't eat them fried. I can't suck a big I snot. Nope. The oh, <laughs> I love. I, I love cannot oysters. eat raw oysters. <laughs> <laughs> I would never. I would never suck the head off of, of, Ooh, a, of a crawfish. crawfish. I, I did no. that yesterday. Um. <laughs> She's falling. <laughs> My wife is on the floor. Oh, Katie, what was no. your answer? You had an answer over this. <laughs> liver. Oh, liver. Uh, my daddy made oh, me gross. eat that as a kid. Now, I could eat it, but. It's really good for you, but ooh, it's nasty. It's chitlins. Oh, chitlins. Oh. Chitlins, oysters, and broccoli. They're all in the same category. <gasps> broccoli? I love broccoli. Y'all, anything that smells that bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. That that reminds, I, might, I might as well be down <laughs> under the bridge somewhere doing ministry. <laughs> I mean, it's bad smell. <laughs> I can't eat that. <laughs> Did you have an no, answer? No, I'm done. You don't I have an answer? Next. Why okay. Did you call out? Uh, <laughs> oh. All right. Um, last question. What are you currently loving right now? Uh, books? M- Jesus. M- m- Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> okay. I knew Tina was going right. to say that. <laughs> Quick answer. That was the Sunday school yeah, answer yeah. right there. Uh, yeah. No, that's fine. No. Um, you know, what are you loving? It could be books, movies, TV shows, anything. Music. Jesus. Whichever. I'm loving these ladies right now. Awesome. How about that? So yep. good. Community yep. at South Point. Yep. <laughs> um, what am I living right now? I, see, I said this like, I don't know, two months ago when we did this. And you're still loving I it? I am still loving, yes. I even heard it today. And I'm still loving the the majestic... Oh, shoot. Did you forget? <laughs> yeah, she the, worst, she still the loves music, it, but she the one it. that Stephanie Gretz singer is is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The song. Yeah, Majestic City, Mad Majestic, no. Majestic. No, what is it? Maverick. Maverick City. Maverick City. Maverick City. City. Yes. City. Yes. yes. Maverick City. I'm I'm telling you that that, that that whole CD has mm-hmm. some juice on it, man. I can't listen to it without just bawling my eyes out. That stuff is anointed. Katie. It's good. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, I slash we. Are loving Michael Todd right now. I have oh, been asleep yeah. on him. Were you going to talk That's about him? True. Sorry, we've no. been asleep on him. Like he's the pastor of Transformation Church in Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and to hear him speak, I found him on TikTok. By the way, oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm so sorry. laughs> exactly. But to hear him speak, like he has, he's an amazing communicator. And then like the way he's only thirty two, bro, and like he is Ooh. dropping <laughs> some stuff, and it's so bruh. Bruh. it's yeah. so heavy, and it's so yeah. good though. He uses. Don't do that, please. Sorry. I uh, yeah, Michael Todd. Stop hitting the table. <laughs> <laughs> edit, edit. Uh, yeah, I'm, I agree. Michael Todd is fantastic, and he uses he uses a lot of illustrations. Like he uses like props, a lot of props on his, on stage. Super engaging. And just like really like you know, there's great communicators out there, and I, and I've always told Pastor Craig that he's one of the best ones I've heard personally. But like Pastor, you know, uh, Mike Todd is just that kind of guy where he just 
you sit there and you get it instantly. And he's showing you as a visual with all these like things and it's just so cool. But, uh, yeah. his story is fantastic. And if y'all haven't heard his story, go check it out. Cause yeah. the, you know, they're in this giant building now and God promised him that building like two years ago, five or, years, five ago. years ago. He had no clue, but he said, this is the building yeah. that he's going to give us. And they got in it. Like it was just a work of, it was a work like of God. Yeah, pretty much. Like this place. He literally yeah. sat in his child's nursery and he just started writing down things that he thought that God was going to do. And they all came to fruition. Ooh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. It's yeah. really cool. Write down the vision so that it can, and make it clear. Right. Yeah. That's what it says. Good stuff. Okay. The other thing that I'm loving, <laughs> I can tell you this, is planning for the men's conference. It's going to be awesome. Oh yeah. That's oh, yeah. right. Well, we are going to plug that. We have a men's conference coming up March 20th and 21st. Uh, ladies, if you had not signed up your husband's, Sign them up, and I'm looking at my wife. You need to sign me up too, because I haven't signed up yet. I'm just like uh, put it out there. Nope. Um, <laughs> I want to sign Katie. myself up. I am going. It's going to be a lot of fun. So any of the men that are listening out there, you don't want to miss it. Last year was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun, and this year we're going to have um, Michael uh, Bruski. I guess that's how it's pronounced, and he's coming that. in. Pastor Craig's going to be speaking, and we're going to have a panel of men as well that are going to tell some testimonies and give their stories and and they're gonna slingshot stuff slingshots and they're gonna throw and axes and they're gonna chop axes. wood and they're gonna eat hunt, they're gonna eat really great food it's gonna be so exactly. much fun yeah. they're gonna Instead they're gonna hoot men. a lot yeah they're gonna hoot a lot yeah they they hoot a lot um but anyway thank you all so much for today thanks for that's having all us. we have and i hope that you ladies out there got some encouragement and i hope you men out there yeah. learn a little bit more just like i have this week so um that's all we have thank y'all Bye. 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 Bye.